going to look at heavenly calling part two. Look with me if you would again at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, Paul here addressing wherefore, because of all that he had just told in Hebrews 1 and 2 about the Lord Jesus being a better a better high priest, a better sacrifice, better than angels, better than men, the Son of God. Wherefore, because of all of that, holy brethren, you who are holy, partakers, members of the heavenly calling, those of you who have been called out of darkness, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And we're going to look at the apostle and the high priest of our profession next week. That might even be two lessons, I don't know. But those who are called is once again our subject this morning. Those who are called are there are people who have been called out by the almighty, irresistible grace of God from the darkness that we all once walked in into the light of his Son, the Lord Jesus. We've been called out of bondage into liberty. We've been called out of turmoil into peace. And we'll look at that a little deeper, a simple peace in our next message, our, our main message for this morning. We've been called out of the enmity that we once were against God into a fellowship with God, to a fellowship with his dear son. And we've been called out of sin unto holiness. Over in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, we read this. Paul says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. We're told that God has also called us into the grace of Christ, as we just read there. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. We've been called by the grace of Christ. We've been called by the preaching of the gospel of the grace of Christ. We've been called into the blessed experience of the grace of Christ and we've been called to be partakers of and to enjoy all of the blessings of God's grace and his son the Lord Jesus salvation in its totality a matter of pure and free pure free sovereign grace unconditional immutable grace it let us rejoice let us rejoice that we've been called out of that darkness into his immutable grace. And we looked at that a little bit in last week's message. But we looked at those who are called, those who have ears to hear. Folks, it's only by God's grace that you and I hear the truth of what we, what we read in God's word completely. It's only by his grace speaking to you and I, speaking to our heart, speaking to our heart through the preaching of his word. I know there's a guy standing here before you reading the word of God, but none of us have heard with our ears God's audible voice through his son, but we have heard his voice through his word, through the preaching of his word. We're called into the grace of Christ 
Our salvation, our, the salvation of our souls does not depend on the works of our hands, our decisions, our emotions, our hearts, our feelings, or the feelings that we lack. And I say that with a little bit of strength to that because how often do you and I not fall into that temptation of feeling we're lost forever because we have a lack of something? You know, I, I don't act like I think a Christian should act sometimes. I get stupid. I get foolish in thinking that I'm something when really I'm nothing. Do you not do, does that not come to your mind once in a while as well? Do you not get to a point sometimes where you think, I would never do that. I would never do what that person just did. Really? Oh, yes, I would. Sometimes we lack, don't we? We lack strength in our faith. Aren't you thankful it's not even, it, we don't even depend on the exercise of our own wills? For our salvation? Folks, salvation is of the Lord. That's grace. That's a peace that we can grab a hold of, knowing that it has nothing to do with us, that we can't mess it up. It's all of Him. Every bit of our salvation is of the Lord. We have no confidence in this flesh. He who has called us by His grace has called us unto the king, unto his kingdom, and unto his glory. In 1 Thessalonians 2.12, we read these words, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. So we've been called. We see in his word. He's not only called us with a holy calling. We're not just partakers of that, that as being partakers of that calling. We're partakers of the calling into his glory into his kingdom. Listen to me, believers. Hear these words. The Lord of glory has called you unto his kingdom. He's called you unto his glory. He's called you into the possession of his kingdom of grace here on this world and a kingdom thereafter which can never be taken away from us. And he has called us to inherit that kingdom of glory for eternity. The Lord will give you grace and glory is what we read in his word. This kingdom and the glory of it are not the things that we earn, but they are gifts of God's free and sovereign grace in Christ. Remember the story of Mephibosheth? Now I said that name wrong. I, I, Mephibosheth. There you go. Uh, remember that story? He was the last remaining uh relative of Saul, King Saul, a wicked man. He was the last remaining one, and David sent out word, said, is there anyone left of Saul? They said, well, yeah, there's this guy who can't walk. And what did David do? He says, go fetch him. Go get him. That's the word of God coming to each and every one of us. Go get him. And when it's the power of God behind the word of God, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be fetched, aren't we? We're going to be brought to the Lord. Even though we can't walk of our own free will, we're going to be brought to the Lord. We're going to be made willing in the day of his love. The kingdom and the glory he has called us into, it's an everlasting kingdom. 
everlasting glory. We've been called by the grace of God to obtain, to the obtaining, as it says in 2 Thessalonians 2.14, to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we obtained it. Obtain it, we shall. Listen to the words of Colossians 3.4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him where? In glory. This is our calling, a calling unto glory. Those who are all are called are called into one hope of their calling. That's in Ephesians 4 4. All who are called have the same promise of eternal inheritance. And I want to show you that. Look over at Hebrews chapter 9. In Hebrews chapter 9, we see that we are called to the promise of, a, of an eternal inheritance. In Hebrews 9, verse 15, <coughs> Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, read with me. We're talking about the promise of eternal inheritance. And for this cause, it says, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Look at another one, if you would, over to 1 Peter, chapter 1. Turn over to 1 Peter, just before 1, 2, and 3 John. 1 Peter, chapter 1. We look at verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. This is that eternal inheritance that you and I have been called to by the promise of God. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. All who are called are called to and have been given the same glory for their for their internal inheritance. Listen, look, look, look over at John chapter 17. This is what this is where the Lord prayed to the Father for his people. Over in John chapter 17. This is the glory that we have been promised, the glory that we've been called to. In John 17, at verse 22, and the glory which thou gavest me. This is the Lord praying for us, praying for us. Look back at, actually, let's start, let's, let's start back at verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, those that were with the Lord at that very moment while he walked this earth, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they will all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. We've been called. We've been called to the same glory as the Lord Jesus himself. Here is a call which falls from the lips of the Son of God himself. May God the Holy Spirit Make it irresistible 
and effectual to all who read these lines of his almighty grace. This is indeed the heavenly calling that, that, that the writer of Hebrews is writing about in Hebrews 3. This is it, that heavenly calling, and I ask, I pray that the Lord may make you a partaker of it for Christ's sake. Come unto me, he says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the call. This is the call that the Lord Jesus gives to you and I. And he makes it an effectual call, a holy calling. Come to Christ and he'll give you rest. Take the yoke of Christ upon you and learn of him and you shall find rest for your soul. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. It also says, holy brethren, in our text. Back in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, holy brethren. And then he says, partakers of the heavenly calling. Three words, three words here that the Lord uses to describe each and every person for whom he died on the cross. Even if you don't know the Lord Jesus this day, even if you've never experienced the grace that he has for his people and, and that experience is coming, this is for you. If he laid down his life and shed his blood, this is for you, holy brethren, those who are perfect, those who are righteous, holy brethren, partakers, those who are taking, who are partaking of the holy calling. Three words, holy, brethren, and partakers. These three words, the Spirit of God tells us about all true believers, three things which characterize all who trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy. Holy, brethren. All true breathers, all true believers are holy. None are holy by nature. None make themselves holy by doing something that they will do or experience. No, believers understand this clearly, that all who have experienced the grace of God and salvation, we know and gladly confess that Christ is the Lord, Christ is the Lord, our righteousness. We know we have none of our own. And we know that to be righteous, to be considered holy, we must be in Christ. It's his righteousness that was imputed to us, or we have none at all. Holy. We are made holy by, the, by the, having the righteousness of Christ made ours, and that is the work of God and God alone. God's great work of justification took place outside of you and I. That means it took place whether you and I were there or not. And we weren't there, were we, when Christ walked this earth? So our holiness is a work of God outside of our time, without our aid. Just as Christ was made to be sin for you and I, though he did no sin, we were made righteous in God in him, through God in him. Though we can do nothing righteous of ourselves. Look at Romans chapter 5. Turn over to Romans chapter 5 for a moment. 
You know, in John 3.16, it says, Whosoever believeth. One thing for sure about God's people. Kathy and I were talking about this the other day. You know, we all struggle with the sin that's within us at times and wonder, am I truly saved? And then God speaks to our hearts about something. And this was something that God spoke to our hearts as we had our discussion the other day about believing. How do we know we're saved? We believe. That's how. We don't know that we're saved by our actions, folks. Our actions will deceive us each and every time. Even if your actions are what you might think is righteous, it will be deceiving to you. But something I know is I believe. As Kathy said, you know, I believe. I believe what God tells me about what I am and who he is. And here in Romans chapter 5, look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of that, because we will, because of the gift of righteousness and the reigning of life in one who is in Jesus Christ, therefore, because of that, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For by as for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Look at one more if you would. Go to the right again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 21, for he hath made him. He hath made him. Folks, this is our holiness. He who knew no sin, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. He who knew no sin was made sin for you and I that we might be made the righteousness of ourselves. No, is that what he said? No, no, no. There's no righteousness in John Reeves. But there is a wonderful righteousness in my Savior that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. As I said those words, I heard you all, or not all of you, but several of you, reading those words out loud. Is that not good news to you and I, sinners saved by grace? That we would be made the righteousness of God in Him. Our sanctification in the new birth, God the Holy Spirit creates a new man within us. He makes those who are the recipients of his grace to be partakers of the very nature of his Son, the Lord Jesus. He plants within us the holy nature which is born of God. And we read about that over in 2 Peter. Turn over to 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 4 with me over in 2 Peter chapter 1. Whereby are given unto us, it says, first, Second Peter, chapter one, verse four. Whereby are given unto us 
exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers partakers of a divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust escape that corruption now one more if you would over to the right again first john chapter 3 just a couple of pages to the right there the very next book first john chapter 3 look at verses 6 through 9 with me whosoever abideth in him it says in verse 6 first john chapter 3 verse 6 or yeah verse 6 whosoever abideth in him now is that something you did is that something you did did you is that something we did to abide in Christ no Christ has to give us a new heart he has to cut that old heart that we were li- that we were born without and replace it with a new heart verse 6 whosoever abideth in him sinneth not what whosoever sinneth hath not seen him neither know him verse 7 little children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous he that committeth sin is about is is of the devil for the devil sinneth but from the beginning for this purpose the son of god was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil whosoever is born of god doth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of god this new nature this new nature that we are partakers of, this new man that which is begotten of God in us is Christ Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Next thing he calls us as brethren. All who are born of God are brethren. We're believers. We're brethren in Christ. We all call upon one Father, God Almighty. All true believers are brethren. We are all born of God. We all have one Father. We are all partakers of one spirit. We share one common hope. We all have one elder brother. We are all members of one blessed family, washed in the blood of Christ and robed in his righteousness. Brother Don Fortner wrote this. He said, being brethren in Christ, we all believe the same gospel. We all seek the same things. We all worship the same altar, that's Jesus Christ. We all seek the same thing, that's Jesus Christ. The same gospel, that's Jesus Christ. And we are all motivated by the same things, by Christ, the will and the glory of God. He also says, being brethren, we love one another, forgive one another, we encourage one another, we support one another. Our common bond is the blood of Christ. Our unifying principle is the glory of God, and our strength is the unity of the Spirit. Partakers of a heavenly calling. We looked at this the other day, but I want to repeat it. Some people of this world are described as the called, as we read in Romans 1 and Romans 8. We looked at those the other day. Those who are called of Jesus Christ are God's elect, Partakers of his precious blood, partakers of his death, partakers of his resurrection, 
Everything that happened to Christ, we were in him as he did it. That means that we were in him from before the world was. We've been partakers of God's holy calling before creation was ever made, even though we didn't know it. What a calling that God would give his people, his children, those that he has loved from before the world was. 